Welcome to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast, where our goal is to connect listeners to the great outdoors with hosts Brian Hoffmeyer and Ben Brandell. I'm host Ben Brandell, owner of Meant to Be Outdoors, instructor of outdoor skills, and passionate about personal growth. I'm host Brian Hoffmeyer, wildlife biologist and avid outdoorsman. Welcome back to another episode of the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast. Hope everybody is having a great week. It is a special day today. Meant to Be Outdoors is having their first guest on the podcast. We would like to introduce to you Miles Essick of Black Widow Bows. Miles, welcome to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast. Hey, how are you guys? We're good. Appreciate you being here. Our topic today, we are going to be talking about archery. We're going to talk about uh, traditional archery. We're going to compare that versus modern compound archery. Uh, but Black Widow Bows, your specialty is is traditional archery. Tell us a little bit about who Black Widow Bows is, what you guys do, and uh, what what you specialize in. What makes you separated from everybody else in the industry? Yeah, so uh, Black Widow Bows, as you said, is a traditional archery uh, company. We build uh, custom recurves and longbows. Uh, so between a recurve and longbows, you know, we've got several different types of models as far as like riser lengths, riser designs. Not only do we sell bows, uh, but we've got basically anything you need to go into the woods for a hunt or onto the 3d range you know anywhere from arrows veins points quivers i mean we've got we've got everything you, you would need uh and about the company so you know the biggest question we always get at black widow bows is why the name so the name uh actually started when the wilson brothers there were four brothers who started the bow company they actually started making bows prior to world war ii with their father uh and it came a really fun hobby they started competitive shooting so they started it as a business in 1957 is when they first started selling bows and where that came from is they started it in an old chicken coop <laughs> that they had in springfield that was actually infested with black widow spiders uh, so that's where the name kind of came to be and it, it took off from there well it it, it makes for an awesome I don't, I don't know if you call it a mascot or a logo but it makes it really cool and we've we've done episodes about poison and venom but that is a, a very venomous spider so if you're thinking about deadly and going out hunting that's a good weapon to have with you that, oh, yeah. that deadly black widow yep. for mm-hmm. for sure so let's kind of define here um you're, you're talking about traditional archery what what makes uh, a bow traditional versus modern today so a big deal you'll hear is the single string uh, so you go from a compound, you know, you've got cables, you've got cams, you know, or training wheels is, you know, I like to tease my friends. <laughs> hey now, uh, hey now, hey now, hey now. Come so on. yeah, but, uh, you know, with a recurve or longbow, you've got, you've got one string, uh, through there. There's no let off, you know, you're holding all the way back, mm-hmm. uh, more of just a, a traditional look. So getting into this, because you've used a lot of words, you use riser, you use limbs, <clears throat> strings, all of this stuff. Some of the people listening don't probably know exactly what that is. So when we're talking about bow types, um, traditional, you're looking at, I'm going to simplify this as much as possible, you're looking at a stick with a string on it. Yes, sir. And that's as simple as we can we yes, can sir. make it there. Then in the compound world, you're going to start adding what we'll call wheels. They're cams, but they're, they're wheels on each end. And then that string might double, triple on that wheel, depending on what, what kind of compound bow you're, you're getting into. So risers, you used that word just a little bit ago. Can you kind of explain what a riser is to help people that are listening? Yeah, so the riser would be the handle, you know, the grip. Uh, so, you know, they can come in any sorts of lengths. Uh, the riser is going to be what the limbs mount to. Now, sometimes like on a one-piece bow, the riser will be, or the handle will be built into the limbs. It'll all be one piece. And then others, you can have multiple risers, multiple handles with different grips that you can mount different limbs to. 
Uh, and there's different ways, you know, to mount them as far as hardware between thumb bolts, antler bolts, you know, just regular hex key bolts. Uh, but that would be the riser, as we like to call it. Uh, it's just basically, it's your handle. It's your grip. It's what you hold on to. Good. So you have the grip, and then from the grip comes your risers or your limbs, mm-hmm. and that's what's actually storing probably the energy for that your strings attached to. Yes. And Miles, we may have kind of skipped over this. Uh, what what is your role? What is your title? What do you do for Black Widow? And how did that even come about? How did you get with the company? So my role in the company, uh, I wouldn't necessarily say there's one specific role that anybody does in the building. Uh, it, we've all got our different tasks that we do to each part of the of the process of the build uh but all of us can do each other's too you know everyone is fluent in in building a complete bow uh but as far as like what i do on a mainly basis every week uh is i'm in we have two cnc Haas machines uh i'm in those a lot running uh the limb profiles uh cutting off uh you know cutting the limbs in half because they're glued up as one solid piece and stuff so i'm in the machines a lot uh do some sanding used to glue the the risers glue the handles together uh before they'd go into the machine to get shaped out um put on all the overlays uh which would be like a i'll take a, a piece of wood and we've got a laser machine that we can laser basically any image you want onto it we can do logos you know, deer, bear, I mean, just anything on it. And I'll glue those on the on the limb. Uh, that way when it mounts up to the riser and stuff, it's just a little, it's just cosmetic just for looks. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'll do that. Uh, I'm on the phones a lot. So, uh, I mean, a little bit of everything. Yeah, I, I think the, the, the lasering, the etching in, I think that's a, a really great piece that you guys add that really makes it look and, and feel custom. Yeah. And, I mean, it, it's... It just makes adds a really cool look, and anybody can get whatever they want on there. Um, and I think a lot of times, if they don't order anything, you guys kind of do the the web with the the spider on there. Is that mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So we'll uh, Roger Fulton, which is one of the owners. Everything on that limb is handwritten by him. Yeah, um, that's cool. It so, looks really cool that way. Being hand, it does look handwritten, and and I think that's part of what makes them special for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Makes them custom. So we're gonna have to ask you this, and you've kind of already alluded to it, but. Ben's a traditional guy. I'm mm-hmm. a compound guy, and uh, I'm not against it. I've just never really gotten into it. You know, I don't personally have a Black Widow yet. Ben <laughs> Ben has a few, and I've uh, been able to use those and practice with those, and uh, they're incredible bows. And I've been around uh, working in the hunting industry for several years. I've been around uh, traditional truthers, as I like to call them, and they've had several different bows that weren't Black Widows, and I have never seen a traditional bow that is as beautiful as a Black Widow bow. And I can honestly say that. And I've seen all the big brands that are out there, um, from Hoyt to Bear, whatever you want to name. I've never seen bows as aesthetically pleasing as a Black Widow bow. Thank you. So for you, are you de- steadfast, traditional? You, have you ever gotten to the compound world? Or is it traditional and you're leaving the training wheels, as you call it, at home? <laughs> so I actually started with a compound. Uh, well, I say started. I started hunting with a compound. I've shot traditional as far as longbows or lightweight recurves uh, from the time I was a little kid, going mm-hmm. to all the bow shows and you know shooting 3D. Uh, but as far as you know, when I started bow hunting, uh, it just wasn't ethical for me to be as little as I was, not pulling enough weight for deer. So I actually yeah. did start with a compound uh, just so I can get that better penetration, and uh, you know, didn't hunt with it very long, just a few years, killed a few deer with it. Uh, you know, had some had some luck with it, and then when I got to a, 
to a point where I was at a comfortable weight uh, and shooting it comfortably that I knew I could go out and, and put a good clean shot on a deer. Yeah. Uh, I never touched a compound again. So he, he's a traditional guy. He's got it in his blood. I, I love the honesty there. And, and you're talking about starting out. We teach meant to be outdoors. We teach archery and we, we have traditional bows. That's what we teach with. Um, we think it's great because you can start, like you said, with low weight and teach any age group. I mean, my three-year-old shoots one. Um, so you can teach it at any age, and I think it's great to get those instinctual habits in before you start relying on a sight and all these other things. However, what is that point when you can move out of those those kid, those practice bows into that poundage that you're talking about that is ethical to go hunt with? What's so, that draw weight? Well, and it depends on state. So there are some states that will have a, a minimal bow weight. Um, for example, like Colorado is forty pounds, but like Wyoming's fifty. Mm. Uh, you know, for those bigger, those big game out west. But as far as the eastern states, uh, I don't even think Missouri still has it. They might have dropped it when they did. I think it was like thirty or thirty-five pounds. I, I think it's. I want to say that it's forty pounds. I is could be 40? wrong, but I think the minimum Missouri is forty pounds for uh, any archery. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that's always you know you got to get there first, of course. Uh, but even with getting there, just just being at a comfortable range. So of course, with a traditional, your range is is significantly lower than it is with a compound. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, to where a compound's drilling holes, you know, at thirty forty yards. You know, traditional. You know, a sub twenty yard is pretty ideal for for any traditional shooter yeah. up close and personal for sure exactly yeah. so if you're if you're at a distance uh where you know wherever you're set up hunting you know this is going to be the prime shot if you're putting a good group with that bow weight with any bow weight uh, then that is when i would say you're ethical to go yeah to go and use it so let's dig in just a little bit because you are not talking about your poundage you're talking about bow weight mm-hmm. you're using a lot of words here that some people may not know. So okay. what do we mean by draw weight? Um, kind of share what that means. Okay, so draw weight is uh, basically how heavy the bow, the weight of pull at your specific draw length. And the draw length is from the the deepest part of the riser, the throat of the riser, uh, basically the grip that sits in the seat of your thumb uh, all the way back to the end of the string at where you're pulling, you know, from to your fingers. Uh, so average, uh, I'd say, is like 28 inches. 28 inch draw, uh, but we can, you know, build them smaller, bigger. So we get that specific draw length or draw poundage at that draw length. So say a bow's 40 pounds at a 28 inch draw, but you're only pulling 27. Each model will differ, but on average, it's probably about two, two and a half pounds per inch. Mm. So if it's 40 at 28, but I'm only pulling 27 inches, I'm actually only pulling about. 37 and a half, 38 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be draw length at, or draw weight at that draw length. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Something I want to know, and I actually kind of had to look this up before you got here, and I've been around hunting and archery my whole life. Um, you said you make long bows and recurve bows, and they're both going to fall into the traditional category. Mm-hmm. But what is the difference between a long bow and a recurve? So it's all in the limb design. So a long bow is. Basically, the stick in the string. I mean, it, that's as simple as it can get. It's a, uh, it's it's just one solid. Uh, and there's no curve to it. Uh, it's just almost like a straight line. Right. Uh, the string is only contacting the bow 
at the each ends. end. And at that's the it. ends, yes. Yeah. So the recurve, the limb actually at the tip is going to curve back to what you were shooting at. Yeah, uh, back away ideal. from you. So, mm-hmm. yep. so a, a recurve with that limb design, they can they can hold more preload. So they're going to be a little bit quicker, a little bit more forgiving. I mean, they're, they are they are going to shoot a little bit better than the longbow. Right. Uh, however, you know, the plus sides to the longbow is the simplicity of it. You don't have to worry about limb twist. You're going to have a narrow, you know, strong limb. Right. Uh, and, and both those types of bows have been around for thousands and thousands of years. Oh, that, yes. That's, there's, nothing, there's nothing new about it. What, what comes in new is the types of materials you're using. You've already mentioned solid one pieces and and then having the limbs that separate from the riser and all those things. So those are the things that, that come in new as the construction of them, but the actual designs of the bow as, as far as what they look like has been around for centuries, thousands yes. of years, actually. Um, what, what I do want to ask is, what's your favorite recurve hunting memory? Man, there's, there's a lot. I don't think I've ever had one that... Uh... That wasn't a good memory, you know. Even the the bad times of, you know, getting caught in a blizzard or you know a rainstorm and it just being absolutely miserable. Mm-hmm. I won't forget it because it was miserable. But it's 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 a memory that's embedded now. Uh, but as far as hunting with recurves and stuff, I'd say one of my favorite ones is uh, me, uh, my cousin Taylor, uh, Taz, the guy that used to work with us. Uh, and another guy I graduated high school with, the four of us went down to Oklahoma and uh, we, we did a hog hunt and didn't kill a single hog. But it was one of the funnest hunts that we've ever been on. Just uh, running up and down uh, alongside a river in a boat and we'd get out and try to push these pigs towards each other and, and you know, flinging arrows. And, and it was just a, a blast because all four of us were there with the recurves. Yeah. Uh, you know, my friend from high school, this is, that was his, he had just started shooting a recurve, so that was his first outing with it. Uh, Going, so, I mean, flying up, flying up and down a river, don't know what's around each bend. That's his introduction to archery. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know, he, we'd pull up and we just launch our bows up onto the bank, yeah. you know, and crawl out of the boat up towards him, and he's trying to be all, like, nice with it, yeah. and I said, man, you can beat these up. <laughs> there ain't no sights on them, just beat them up. They're, so, yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit, about, about durability, you know. Uh, as a compound hunter, I'm so diligent all the time trying to make sure I'm not nicking my cams on anything, making sure I'm not bumping my sight. Um, I would never in a million years think about tossing my compound out of a, a boat onto the riverbank. So talk talk about the durability and some of the advantages. Why are you, What leads you to enjoy compa- or traditional hunting so much? And you guys have a lot of clients. I mean, you guys are a very successful, nationally known, probably world-known company. What brings your clients to you for traditional archery, and why do you enjoy it so much? So what really brings people over to the traditional side, as far as like when I'm talking to someone who uh, they call and they're like, okay, I want to make the switch, coming from a compound to traditional, most of the time it's because they're wanting a little bit more of a challenge. Mm. So you know with the compound, once you get it sighted in, I mean you can pick it up a week before season opens, drill holes with it, and you're like, okay, I'm good to go. Yep. To where with a recurve or a longbow, if you quit shooting it, uh, when you start back up again, there you could start bad habits. You know, I mean, your form and your technique really, it's better to be shot uh, year round, mm-hmm. uh, really to keep it. So, and and you know, as far as wanting that more of a challenge, you know, guys, I mean, I know guys that have dropped deer at eighty and a hundred yards with a compound, and they get to where 
when something comes in, it just dies, and it's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they're looking for just that more of a challenge. Uh, I, I've always thought that uh, traditional hunting uh, with a traditional bow makes better hunters. As far as now, as far as stand placement, so like your eastern side, yeah, a lot of tree stand hunting mm-hmm. or blind hunting. I mean, now you're not only setting a blind or tree stand open to where you've got an open shot at. 60 80 yards but now you're like where i know these deer are going to be coming through i've got to place them a little bit closer i've got to worry about my angles i got to worry about my background uh wind you know everything because everything's going to be a lot more tedious that close to an animal as far as movement and everything a lot less room for air exactly and even on the on the western side you know chasing big game on the ground i mean you i've been up 60 yards on, on on bull elk and you know with a compound i could have drilled them all day and i'm mm-hmm. like now i gotta get closer and i you know i'm slipping off my boots and i'm taking two hours to crawl another 40 yards so i can get maybe 20 30 yards to get a better shot and it's yeah. cost me elk you know i've had elk run off because of that um but it's just part of the learning it's part of the challenge uh, of getting there yeah you really you really have to understand learn to understand those animals and how they're going to react to the changes in the environment that you're causing and getting in that close to, to one of those animals when their only goal in life is to survive and procreate and you're trying to take away both of those things from yeah. them. Uh, it, you really got, yeah, not not a lot of room for air. So uh, I can only imagine, I've never climbed up a mountain with my shoes off after an elk, but <laughs> now, that you, now that you bring it up, I think I'm going to have to do that. <laughs> so when we teach archery, we teach basic, simple, simple, simple. And that's what I was kind of having you describe a little bit earlier. You know, um, we do teach traditional. That comes from really my background. Um, for those that don't know, Miles is my cousin. Mm-hmm. I grew up shooting black widow bows. Uh, part of that history, I've even worked in the shop a little bit, got to do some gluing, which is great. <laughs> got to learn a lot about it. Um, but shooting traditional, I've, I've learned personally that I love instinctual shooting. Like I used to shoot compound. I struggled with it because it was heavy. The bow itself, really heavy. Um, then practicing uh, with the peep sight, you've got the kisser, you've got all these things that I'm adding to this bow to try to get this perfect shot. To then, once you find your, I'm going to say deer, once I have my deer, now i got to figure out how far away it is with through my peep sight with my eyeball, kisser in the lip, and by the time that I'm actually pulling up to harvest this deer, the deer's gone. Like, I'm trying to get my, which I found out that my right eye isn't um, great, so I didn't have a lot of clarity in my right eye. And so combining all that, I just struggled to hunt with a compound bow. And so then at a young age, um, Uncle Tobe helping me get a black widow bow and then really practicing getting good at shooting and then actually going hunting with it, it just completely changed me, my love for it, because the bow was light. I felt like I could stalk better. You know, I'm, I don't have this clinging heavy bow that I'm trying to carry around. It's a, it's a, it's a stick and a string, you know? Exactly. And then that instinctual shooting was... And you can throw it out of your boat. Yeah, you can just throw it. Yeah, I just throw it. Um, but anyway, but just how, how simple it is. You know, I'd find that target, that instinctual shooting. I'd, I'd bring it up, make that draw, maybe wait two seconds. Maybe it just depends on your shooting style. I know some mm-hmm. people kind of hold a little bit longer, and it depends on your shot, too, what you have. Right. But being able to, to draw back and let it go... Um, that instinctual shooting, feeling it, knowing it, and practicing it so much that I know exactly where it's going to go without a sight. That, to me, was just 
so rewarding. So that's where my passion comes from when we're teaching other people how to shoot. And with shooting, I really want them to understand that that they need to turn their body sideways because most people that are starting out shooting almost face you. They will they will mm-hmm. straight on face that target. So helping them really understand that they need to turn their body left to right, depending on their dominant hand or what they're going to draw back with on that string, and and really getting that elbow up. You know, a lot of people will try to kind of pull that elbow back um, up under them, like they're uh, I don't even know how to describe that, but they're they're yeah. And you're talking about your draw elbow, so it'd be your back elbow, the elbow farthest from the target. Right, and so really getting sideways, really getting your elbow up, and really bringing it back to that nose, to that corner of that mouth area. Now, when we're teaching that, some of these bows are not custom made for each individual so there's going to be some some limitations to to teaching them without having a bow that is custom made to them but um really just teaching those simple basics to try to get any errors out because we found that people don't even know how to hold the bow so when you talked about riser and the grip we'll have a lot of people that will actually hold the bow for the very first time upside down (laughs) they'll grab it and it'll be upside down and so really just helping them in the beginning to to learn those basics the simple basics not getting into going and harvesting some monster animal just going out and and learning the simple steps of of shooting yeah absolutely absolutely ben i i appreciate you sharing how we teach that something that we get asked all the time when we are teaching it is where's the sight right so you're talking about instinctual shooting Uh, miles i would love for you to kind of shine light on what he's talking about there versus versus uh really you're not you're aiming but you're not aiming can you kind of talk about traditional archery and what instinctual shooting means yeah so like as ben was saying the simplicity is what draws more and more people than anything you know you're not worrying about sights uh, a drop away rest or any kind of rest you know your kisser your peep sight i mean like you said it's a stick and a string and you're putting an arrow on the rest and you're pulling it back and letting it go uh, so yeah the instinctual is you know I am, I am dead focused on on what I want to hit. You know, I'm, I'm looking at that specific hair on that animal or that specific dot on that target that I want to hit. I'm pulling it back. I'm hitting my anchors. You know, I'm settling in, and I'm pulling through and releasing. And, you know, I say that like, you know, that's a five-minute process, and it's not. I mean, mm-hmm. it can literally be within seconds. Right, yeah. right. Um, and, and, yes, there are people that, you know, pick a different shooting method. They'll, they'll start using the tip of their arrow you know, is, is starting to aim or they find the gaps, you know, uh, knowing how far that arrow is going to drop. And, and, you know, we're seeing a lot more of that as we get more compound guys coming over who are used to shooting nothing but with a sight. Right. Uh, so having some kind of sight picture, uh, you know, is just more comfortable to them. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, as far as is as simple as it gets, that draws more people than anything. Is Yeah, I mean, you're literally you're looking at what you want to hit you're pulling it back and you're letting it go. Right. So for me, um, you know, I've, I've done a little bit of both, but mainly as far as I've never actually hunted deer with traditional, only, only ever a small game with traditional for me. So with, with a compound, you know, when I'm pulling up on a deer, I'm taking my time. I've got my range finder. I'm getting my distance. I'm, I'm, I know exactly which one of my six pins I'm putting on that deer and I'm going to hold that pin right where I want it. So I know it's almost like a laser. I know (laughs) I know my arrow's going where that pin is if I've if mm-hmm. I've practiced and I've I've got all my technique down. When, when you pull up with a recurve, you, like you said, you are focusing on the animal. You're not focusing on on a pin. You're not mm-hmm. you're not aiming. There's no crosshairs. There's there's nothing to it. Um, and I think the vulnerability of that um, is probably what intrigues a lot of people because you have to practice. 
and you yes. have to practice and you have to practice and you have to practice. You have to build muscle memory. You're not just going to go out, pick up a recurve and be able to hit a small uh deer heart sized thing at, at 20 yards, you at thousands and thousands of arrows. Um, there's actually research out there. Most of it was based on, um, drawing weapons like a CW or CWD, not CWD, uh, <laughs> conceal carry, conceal carry, yeah. carry weapons that it takes 2000 repetitions to truly have muscle memory. So 2000 arrows through a recurve before you correctly before you really have that muscle memory to pull up. And you should do that to be an ethical hunter. You shouldn't just grab one and go hunt with it, right? Right. So do you guys have ranges? I mean, how do you guys practice? What's your favorite way to get into to getting, honing your craft? So, yeah, I mean, you can find 3D ranges all over the country, you know, and a lot of them will host shoots. Uh, and some will, you know, stay open. Sometimes, you know, you get a membership and you can drive up there and, and shoot anytime uh or if you know you got your own bag target block target 3d target you know you can get them really any outdoor retailer you know bass pro academy any of them uh and then yeah setting up in in just your yard shooting at it um you know us growing up on a cattle farm we've always had round bales to shoot at Mm. uh honestly one of my favorite ways to practice though is i'll take uh what's called a judo point so basically it's, it's a flat point like a blunt and it's got like springs and prongs on it that'll catch the grass, so it just helps. So if I shoot, it won't bury that arrow under the you're, under the grass. You're speaking our language now. Yes. If I know where you're going, you're talking about something we love to do. Yeah, and I'll I'll go out there and I'll just take a, a tennis ball and just throw it in the yard and, and shoot it. Yeah. And if it hits it, you know it's gonna it's gonna ting and throw that throw that tennis ball across the yard, and I'll just pick my arrow up where it lies and shoot at it again. That's good. Ben Ben and I love to go out um, and small game hunt so we love to we take the judo points and try to go get squirrels and rabbits um but again you have to get close to those things so it's Mm -hmm. it's fun to try to sneak up on a rabbit and try to hit it while it's moving with a a recurve you know another way to practice that um i actually have done with your dad and never done it with anyone else never even heard about it but you would take the styrofoam discs and you would hang them from a tree limb Mm -hmm. and you would knock it to where it would swing left and right and so it was actually kind of a game a challenge that we played at camp when we were uh, elk hunting one year and the goal is to stick that swinging disc, you know, while it's moving. And that really helps you hone in and key in and really work on your skill. You know, it's, it's oh, different yeah. as that movement. Um, but another time I've, I've actually went out and shot with you. We uh, went to your 3d, your homemade 3d course. Yes. And that was such a blast with you. Had so much fun trying to, I know you beat me. <laughs> I got beat. Um, but you know, that's what I want to share with everyone out there listening that it, this isn't just about hunting. I mean, you can, you can purchase a traditional bow and you can go out and have so much fun, even if you don't want to get into the hunting side, mm-hmm. you know, oh, yeah. from 3D shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, another another version is the, well, it's a flu-flu arrow, yes. right? So yes. I think you guys have flu-flus, a company sells them, you can get a lot yes. of them. But um, that's another one I've done with you and, and your dad was, you would take those discs, throw them in the air, and it was actually like a trap and skeet. You know, mm-hmm. and so we would actually then try to, to hit those targets using flu-flu arrows, which flu-flu arrows, big fluffy, you know, yes. the fletching, the A lot of wind feather. drag. And it's going to keep, it's going to slow it down so you're not shooting your arrow miles away where you never find it. Um, but man, those things are just so much fun to go out and just learn how to shoot your bow at moving targets, non-moving targets. One in particular that the memory that I have is I went to a 3D shoot, um, an indoor 3D shoot. And there's a bunch of us that went. And at the very end, after after you tally up all your points and see who won, there's this little competition they have at the end, and they put up this huge steel elk. I mean, this this elk is the size of an elk. I mean, it's it's this 
piece of steel. I don't even know how thick it is. Do you even know how thick those things are? It, thick enough. <laughs> thick enough, exactly. And we were shooting the length of this room, which you know, it's, it's got to be 70, 80, I'm going to say yards at least. It was a huge room. But inside the middle of this steel elk is about a circle the size of the top of a, maybe like a pop can. And so the goal was is who could actually hit that hole from, from that far. And so everybody puts a little money into the pot and you were back and let it go. And my first shot, I was about, oh, I'm going to say an inch off, but that's devastating because when your arrow, you want the fill tip hits that steel, it's done. <laughs> it's done. It's over. Yeah. So that's, that's where you have to be careful. But again, there's just so many fun things for you. You know, you shared the tennis ball kind of practicing, but is, are there some fun things that you love to go do out and, and maybe, you know, if taking out your kids as they get older, your kiddo, you know, what are some fun things that you can do with kids with maybe traditional archery? Yeah. So like I said, with the tennis ball, uh, like you said, the disc and the moving and I, you know, I've got like a little, uh, round ball target mm-hmm. that's got a rope on it and I'll swing it from a tree and Good. stuff like that's really fun. Yeah. The moving targets. Uh, yeah. My 3D range that I've got, I don't have any stakes as far as, okay, this is where I'm shooting from. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I might be shooting at target one, but I could see target four. Mm-hmm. I'm, like, I'm going to shoot at it from here, you know? Uh, as long as, you know, as long as I'm the only one on the range, of course, and I'm not, you know, shooting past people. But, you know, when we go out, you know, get guys together and go out and shoot, uh, you know, yeah, maybe making like trick shots, you know, trying to shoot between a tight gap in a tree, you know, it's, it's stuff like that, or shooting under a fallen tree, uh, you know, honestly doing things that would be super uncomfortable to do Yeah, right. is, is a lot of fun. So when it comes time for an 18-yard broadside on a, a whitetail... This is easy. That's <laughs> easy. That's eating cake. That, that's that's good. good. That's good. good. Well, I, I've, I've been on your website looking at, at some of the bows that you're building, and, and I already mentioned... I mean, they're they're just absolutely gorgeous. Some of the colors you guys are including now, but I know you seems like you guys are maybe starting to uh, experiment with some new materials, mm-hmm. uh, maybe some inorganic materials even. And uh, some discussions I've seen online are: what is that line? Where's the break between traditional and then and then your modern archery? So, um, you know, compound or excuse me, traditional archery years ago would literally have been somebody finding. Uh, a tree limbs, a type of wood that had good spring, good bounce back that was strong, and and they're taking a, a knife and they're they're carving this out. They're sometimes even making their own string. To now today, we're you know we're making we're laminating different materials together. We're using carbon fiber. Um, talk about some of the materials that you use because I've always heard uh, is it hedge trees? I've always heard hedge trees make make great. Uh, traditional bows but talk about some of the materials you use and then what you think that line is that you could cross into modern archery from traditional yeah so all of our bows are going to be laminate as far as you know we're putting fiberglass on the outside and then you know your your veneer of uh whatever type of exotic wood you might choose and then you've got your you know your core you know which could be birch yew osage bamboo you know, uh, and you're you're really you're gaining your performance out of your glass and your core. That veneer is so thin that it's it's just there for looks. Right. Um, and you know, same with the longbows. Uh, they're they're layered up the same way. Now, the carbon fiber is something that we uh, we just released beginning of last year. 
yeah, like January, February. Of is last that your newest year. product that you have yeah, out right that now? Is, yeah, that is that is the newest material, and, and that carbon fiber is replacing uh, the fiberglass. Now we still make both, absolutely, right. um, but with that new carbon fiber. What are the advantages of the the carbon fiber? Why why move to that? So it's going to be it's going to be quicker hmm. uh, now. No, I don't think anyone can see the difference. It, it's you know four to six feet per second faster, right. um, but it, but it is faster. It, it's more forgiving, just because I mean the torque you can't torque it. You cannot twist these limbs. Wow! Uh, so it's super stable. It is a little bit lighter, uh, and it is quieter. Uh, Everything that you look for for in archery, right? Faster. Faster, quieter, and lighter. Yeah. Those are all things it, that you're looking for. It is a hint more delicate as far as like if I were to put a nail on it and hit it with a hammer, yeah. uh, it's it's going to damage a little bit more than, than the fiberglass would. Hmm. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's we've had some great uh, great luck with it when we first started you know, doing the designs and everything and, and figuring it out because um, we had to totally make up new data as far as you know how thick of carbon mm-hmm. fiber do we need because the material it doesn't bend and, and move the same as the fiberglass right. does. Um, but as far as like a, a line being drawn between traditional not traditional, like yes, we did when we came out with the carbon fiber, we did have guys that you know were upset about it and, and stuff, and, and that's that's totally understandable. Uh, you know, always, it, anytime anytime there's change, you're always gonna have a right, group of people that are upset. Right. Yeah, and, and you know what I told those people is like you know yeah, it's I personally I like the way it performs, but. I like the look of the wood bows better. You know, mm-hmm. they're just prettier as far as, you know, going traditional. And it's like, you know, if, if it doesn't appeal to you, you don't have to order it. We, we will never get rid of, you know, what we've always had as far as the wood bows. We will we'll never stop doing that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, as far as that line between the traditional and the, and the compounds, you know, not necessarily as much as material, but more of like the design, yeah. uh, you know, so as far as going to cams and, and going to, cables you know that that's something we'll never do we have had people i've seen try to make their own compounds with it uh i don't know if any of them ever worked but i know people have bought yeah. them to try it uh, and, well and i want brian to share real quick because we have talked a lot about, about traditional so long birds long bows and recurves when we talk about compounds um we have described some features of it but what is the biggest difference and i want you to talk about let off real quick because that right. is what separates <clears throat> you're not holding that weight so with compound bows, so you're talking, you've got basically going to have your risers and your limbs, all the same parts. Your limbs are going to be more parallel to each other most of the time, rather than rather than extending out kind of from from tip to tip. And then on the end of those limbs, you're going to have your cams, which are going to look like wheels and pulleys, and 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 you have your string running all through them. But because of that system, when you go to draw, when you reach a certain point, you're going to have what's called a let off. Most of them now are 80%. Um, there's even some that are 100% let off bows now. So when you reach that point and those wheels turn over, now if you drew 70 pounds, now you're holding 20 pounds back. So you can hold that bow back longer. You can be more accurate. Um, there's a lot of benefits to that. You also have what's called a wall. You can only draw a compound bow so far. If it's a 30-inch draw, when you get to 30 inches, that's it. With a recurve, there's going to be variance in there because you're not getting to that let off point. Your cams are never rolling over and you're never really hitting a back wall. So for me, my draw length is 30.5. If you built me a custom 30.5 draw length bow, 
I could pull it up to my face and instead of anchoring at my lip, my corner of my mouth, I could go back to the middle of my cheek and draw that thing 33, but it's not going to be performance. It's all, it's all going to be about consistency there. So uh, again, with traditional, you really have to be honed into what you're doing because you don't have the forgiveness of let off in a back wall. And that's why you talked about your muscle memory. So mm -hmm. 2000 shots, getting that muscle memory set to where you are shooting the same way every time, no matter when you pick it up, as long as you started doing it correctly. So that's why it's really important to, if you've never shot before, find someone that has, find there's there's classes out there. Yes. Uh, does Blackwood a Bow kind of put on some clinics and stuff for people to learn from? Yeah, so we, we do uh, do a clinic every year in the spring. Uh, all the information is, is on our website Good. as far as we haven't done it uh, these past two years, you know, due, due to COVID. Uh, of course, you know, but uh, we are looking to to get back into that. Where do you host that at? Where's that at? They're at the shop here at, uh, at Nixon, Missouri. It's there at the shop. We'll put up a big tent and, uh, f you know, feed you guys and everything. And it, it is a blast, you know. Maybe we'll have to make it out to that this year, Benny. Love to. Um, you mentioned the new materials and you had some people upset. What about the other side? Do you have some guys, some clients that have been with you? Um, shouldn't say guys. Could be, you probably have men and women that shoot your bows. Um that have been with the tr your traditional wood bows and have wanted to try some of these newer uh, newer materials. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, we had guys that you know super excited about it with with you know the new riser materials, the new limb materials. You know, they're all about it. You know, that's what they're looking for. And uh, you know, of course, we'd have guys come in. You know, we'd have our prototypes. You know, and I'd be shooting the prototype, uh, really just testing it, testing the limits and stuff. And guys would see it, or you know, maybe I'd you know, leak a little something out on, on social or something, they'd see it, send me messages and like, you know, put me down for it. You know, I want it as soon as you can release That's it. That's great. Stuff, That's so. great. It's, it's always good to have demand for your new product for sure. Right. Um, so you're a military guy. So first I want to, want to thank you for your service. And I, I want to kind of tie this into our conversation here. Um, kind of moving into to the survival side um, we've talked a little bit about doing this and maybe this is something we can we can partner and do later but uh, a traditional bow could be used for more than just archery so if you're thinking about uh, bug out bags or bushcraft do you have a particular bow um, that you would recommend for that and what are some other ways that that you could possibly use it um, you know as an evading or a survival scenario rather than just a hunting tool yeah, so if I was, you know, bug out, I my pick personally would be a longbow over the recurve. Now, yes, longbow, it's not going to perform as good as the recurve as far as the shooting, uh, but to me, it it's the safer choice because I don't have to worry about limb twist. It's going to be, you know, a little bit more stronger. Um, I can, you know, if I take a takedown, I can literally pull that longbow into two pieces uh, to travel with. Uh, mm. or to use for for different tools, uh, not only just in hunting. So you mean on a takedown, so where your hand is placed, Yes. you have a device in there where you can actually, once you take your string off, you can separate those and turns yes. into two limbs. So you're cutting your length basically in half. In half. So yes. you can fit it in backpacks, mm -hmm. however, however you want to carry it. That's yeah. good. That's good. Yeah. So Ben, why don't you throw in here, Mr. Survival, what you think you could use a longbow for rather than just a, a archery device it's not been tested i want to test it okay but um i'm pretty sure you can get a fire going with a with a bow with I, a, I think we could with a blackwood a bow i think we could get a friction 
style fire going where you use the bow as, as the bow for your bow drill process. So I, I'm, I know we could. I really do. I think we could do that. You know, it's already covering food. You're taking that out for that food. It's also gives you a peace of mind. Even if you're taking a long bow and you come in contact with, let's just say, a polar bear, okay? I would rather have a bow in my hand than to not have a bow, right? So yeah. from the mindset of just feeling a little more security, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if that bow is going to truly protect me from a black bear or a, even a polar bear. I'm going to do my best, you know, but the defense of having that defense side of survival, having that for the food side where I can go hunt to harvest even grouse. You know, I'm thinking small game mm-hmm. in a survival situation. I'm not in the mindset of I'm going to have to take, I'm going to go take down this big animal. It's it's more of a quick meal. What's What can I find around me? It's usually small game. So then even water, could I even use a bow for water? Do you have any ideas for the blackwater bow with water? Does that fit in anywhere at all? I wouldn't think it would. Bow fishing. Oh, okay. You got me <laughs> so on not that the drinking one. water, but you know, I haven't seen anybody yet uh, to try to do that on a lot of these shows that they're doing, but I would love to attempt it. Um, so yeah, survival. I think having a bow just makes you feel good. I think the the issue that I'm seeing on a lot of these survival shows is that when the opportunity comes though, they don't have the bow there. It's it's not ready. So like they will walk away from their their sight, they'll walk away from their bow. And it's like, that is the opportunity that that the animal walks by and they're like, I don't have it with me, you know? So right. really always having it ready, which is why you were kind of talking about having maybe even a breakdown, but it'd have to be ready to go. So, you know, carrying it on you, um, are there any ways to carry, strap a bow to you in that situation where it's, it's quick and ready to use whenever you need to? So when I'm traveling, as far as like I'm going from point A to point B, like in the mountains, if I'm if I'm elk hunting for for instance, I actually personally, the only time I'm gonna break my bow down is if I reach something, some kind of obstacle in my path that I need now two hands. For instance, like a rock bluff. If I need to go up or down a rock bluff, mm-hmm. I want to be able to keep both hands free uh, to try to prevent myself from injury and, and to you know use my energy efficiently um personally i've I've never had that happen yet i've never taken my bows apart to travel with i always just carry them they're super light especially with a long bow um so it's not going to be any strain for me just to carry it in a free hand uh that and a long bow it makes pretty good walking stick oh that's good so yeah that's uh, great yeah it's it's that durable i can use it as a walking stick yeah absolutely you use it a trekking pole you know for shelters or something but uh got my location set this is where i want to be now i'm looking for materials uh for a shelter Mm -hmm. uh, or for anything as i'm walking around looking for those materials and and you know i i bump a grouse or or you know a rabbit anything Mm -hmm. and now i'm I'm ready right ready for that that's good another uh thought i just had in, in regards to survival would be an injury so you could use that for splinting purposes so you could either have your limb take uh I forgot what it's called when breakdown. you ha- break down. When you have your breakdown, you have two then limbs you could use. Um, but if it is just a one solid stick, you could still use that to splint with if you had to. If you broke your femur, broke your tib fib, whatever it was, uh, it could try to help you to to get out in an emergency situation. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So, Miles, I mentioned the military. Tell us real quick uh, where you served, what your experience is there, what you've done. Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm with the Missouri Army National Guard as a 11 Bravo Infantry. Uh, so I'm actually in a uh, in a weapons company. We've got Humvees, uh, and I am uh, I guess my 
roles I do in, in my firing team is uh is I'm a gunner uh for the trucks. I'm on the I'm on the fifties. So that boy. Well, yeah. Well we appreciate your service. Uh, being on Thank the fifties is a little different than a, a long bow. That's oh, yeah. that's quite the drastic it's a, it's a, difference it's a there. Change. So we're kinda we're gonna kinda talk a little bit. I'm gonna give you a couple scenarios just one at a time here, but I want you to kinda think about what you've learned um in your in your time in the military um and, and through traditional archery and to kind of answer these so if you had to survive 100 days we're gonna we're kind of designing this question around the show alone it just finished mm-hmm. it, it's super popular show um if you make it 100 days uh, think in the past they've given away like a million dollars so we're gonna use that 100 days in the wilderness what bow what arrows and what broadheads is miles taking with them okay so again going with the longbow okay uh, just because like I said, the perks it has as far as being, you know, just stable and, and a little bit safer. You actually don't see that. Most there's a few of them that take longbows, but most of them have recurves. Yeah, so that's interesting. And thing. yeah, the the recurve is going to perform better. But I just like there's less to worry about with the longbow. Um, so, you know, as long as, as as I can keep my mental state focused on where it needs to be, I think for 100 days, I think that that longbow is is personally what I would choose. Uh, I'm gonna take a, I'm gonna take carbon arrows over wood or aluminum just because. If I were to miss, those carbons are going to be a little bit stronger. They're not going to bend or wood, they'd break. So I'm going to take a carbon arrow. Uh, I'm not going to take your insert system that your point mounts to your arrow. Um, I'm just going to use a regular insert. I'm not going to use any type of outsert, half outsert, just because I think the regular inserts are a little bit stronger. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'm just trying to build a good, strong, heavy arrow to my bow weight. Now the bow weight's going to be, you know, all dependent on where I'm surviving for hundred days, what animals I'm around, what I'm going to be after. Right. Uh, so bow weight and arrow weight, you know, is, is dependent, uh, but I'm going to take a, a carbon arrow, uh, and I'm, I'm going to put turkey feathers at uh, natural turkey feathers on for fletchings over veins or, you know, chicken feathers, just because those turkey feathers handle weather, the handle, you know, wet. Yeah. They handle water the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, the veins, you know, of course, that's what they're made for is to get wet. Uh, but they are a little bit more fragile as far as I'll walk through a sticker bush. You know, I can kind of rip them a little bit. Absolutely. Uh, so those, those turkey feathers is what I'm going to go with. And then for a point, I'm going to use a one-piece solid head. Uh, probably like the, the VPAs is what I, I really like. They're a CNC machined solid head. Hmm. Uh, so they're going to be super strong uh, and, and just super durable. Well, that's that is an answer from some experience right it there. Is. That that <laughs> was really good, enlightening, and I would never have got there on my own. So I appreciate you sharing that. I th- think I have some rethinking to do on that one. <laughs> so, um, you got any hunts planned this year? So not not at the moment. Uh, me and me and my brother we're gonna go out to to Colorado. Uh, but he is a uh, he's suffered an injury. Uh, from uh, fighting bulls. So yeah, uh, we're, we're sorry to hear that. You're yeah. you're you're a bullfighter yourself. Huh? I, yeah, yeah, I am. We. We dabble a little bit in that, but, uh, so, uh, I don't think we usually go every year, uh, but my dad, he's, uh, he's celebrating his 21st, 25th wedding anniversary. So they're going on a trip. So probably stay home this year and, and just hunt around the house, which I'm actually really excited for. Cause now I can kind of put more, more time and, and thought into it. Uh, so, so mainly this fall focusing on, on white tails. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah you, uh, St- holding it out for that one mature buck you're gonna put some does in the freezer or what what's your game plan definitely gonna put some does in the freezer okay. but yeah as far as the buck side i'm I'm gonna hold out uh you know for for one 
one or two. I don't know. Yeah. It just depends. You're I looking might... for that four or five year old buck. Yeah. You hold yeah. out for one of those. Unless unless some two or three year old just keeps annoying me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong one, with it. The one that just makes his way by every morning and yes. until you can't resist. You yes. know, I do have one more question for you, Miles, and, and I'm might be putting you on the spot here. Um I know it's probably something you haven't maybe thought through all the way. When we talk about traditional archery, when I first got into traditional, there was this group that kind of made an impression on me, and I didn't know if I would become as, I'm going to use the word anal, I think that's that's where I'm looking for, of, of they are so um, particular? particular about mm-hmm. what traditional means. And what I mean by that is I've been told that like while hunting, you never want to place your arrow in your rest and have it sitting there ready you know traditional the traditional crew they're always going to wait and put the arrow on the string as that deer's you know coming up um they have all the traditions of traditional um you know we need those people there's if if the lovers of that wanting to go back to this 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 is how you do this a through z but i didn't fall into that camp i'm more of a you know what if i'm sitting in my stand i'm gonna have that arrow loaded (laughs) it's gonna give me an advantage i'm gonna do that um, what are some pros and cons to maybe living that life, doing it that way? Does that make sense? And mm-hmm. then um, maybe what are the pros to, to not doing it? Is that, if, if that makes sense to you guys here. Yeah, so like I know what you're talking about, those people that, you know, they, they've they got a hard definition for traditional. Right. Uh, so, you know, anything past that definition, for instance, our carbon fiber materials, uh, you know, could be past their definition of what traditional, traditional is. Right. Uh, to me, traditional is is not necessarily the materials you're using, uh, but the equipment and the equipment style you're using. Uh, so yeah, everyone's going to shoot differently. Even if it's instinctive shooting, they're doing it differently mm-hmm. as far as where they anchor, what they're looking at, what they're focused on. Um, so between that definition and not like, I mean, me personally, I'm the same way. When when I get into a tree stand, yeah, I've got I've got an arrow knocked. It's on right. there, ready to go. Uh, and, and to me, it's just because I'm, I'm giving myself every advantage I've got. You know, if a deer comes in, and now I'm having to take a, an arrow out of the quiver, put it on the rest, knock it, you know, everything. I mean, that's a lot more movement, mm-hmm. and, and it's costing me. You know, that's more for the deer to see. Um, but, I mean, I, I guess I'd fall more on that side. To me, traditional is the equipment I'm using, a recurve or a longbow. You know, doesn't matter if it's wood, a solid piece of wood. Doesn't matter if it's laminate, doesn't matter you know carbon fiber fiberglass that's good but i'm using a recurve or a longbow i'm using you know the simplicity of not having a sight um you know peep anything like that i am i'm looking i'm pulling i'm letting go right that's good no that's good and i and i fall in line with you there um but that was kind of my one of the first times that i went out hunting i actually tried to leave my arrow in the quiver and tried to attempt that of I'm gonna wait and kind of follow this this idea of of traditional traditional and I didn't do very well. Right. <laughs> I yeah. mean I, I actually made too much noise and, and spooked. So mm-hmm. um, that's good. Yeah, thanks for yeah. sharing. And those you know, those there are those people that, you know, this is how it should be done. And, and you know, if it works for you it, and, and and you're successful with it, by all means do it. Do it. Yeah. Absolutely. Correct. And there's more one, more than one way to do that for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And I want to reiterate, <clears throat> I mentioned earlier, the these Black Widow bows are the most beautiful 
traditional bows you you're gonna see they're Thank they're beautiful you. they perform well i know you guys have both taking taken a lot of big game animals with them i've taken small game animals with them they they perform they're beautiful what i mean you guys even i didn't even know you mentioned earlier you've got arrows and broadheads and fletchings and quivers and literally everything you need to go out and hunt traditional i didn't know you guys had all of that so uh for a new customer what do they need to do? How do they buy a bow from you? What's the turnaround time? Um, how do they customize it? Kind of talk about that whole process of, of becoming one of your customers. Yeah, so everything uh, as far as customizing your bow, you can do on our website. It's just blackwoodabows.com. Um, personally, though, I think it is better to uh, to call. Uh, by all means, call. And, and that way we can write down. And, and you know, if, if you're confused on... Well, I don't know where this is, you know, as far as our layout and stuff. You know, I can I can definitely guide you. Yeah, I can guide you. I can definitely describe it better than what I can type it up to say on our website, you know. Uh so yeah, by all means give us a call. Even if you got questions about it, you can give us a call. Uh everything's on our on our website, our our social, on Facebook, uh, our Instagram, which again, everything is just black widow bows. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I kept it simple. Uh but, you know, I've, I post a lot of pictures and stuff up there if you guys want ideas as far as, like, okay, I want to order one. But, you know, the wood choice and, you know, combinations is, you know, limitless. So I post pictures up there for guys, you know, to see uh, see what they might want. And, and by all means, send us a message on that, you know, on, on the Instagram, Facebook. You know, I check it all. Yeah. And I, I know you guys are busy. I know you guys have a lot of orders coming in, and that mm-hmm. is awesome for you guys and and you should have a lot with the product that you put out but what's the turnaround time so say i i hopped on today and i ordered a bow uh what's it look like before i you ship it to me do i get it in a box what what's all that how's yep. that process work so right now if, if you were to custom order one you know we're completely building it custom to you um your you know whatever grip you want overlays you know writing your name on it i mean it is building it just for you um we're about seven, eight months right now, which is actually the longest turnaround time we've ever had. Wow. Uh, just for the overflow of orders we've got. Really, honestly, since COVID started, we've seen a, a big uh, fl- flux as far as you know people getting outside and getting shooting outdoors. a lot more. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's great news. Yeah. yeah. So we, we we're trying to do everything we can to shorten that time. We would love to get down to where, you know, we were and, you know, so guys aren't waiting that long. Mm-hmm. We do also build uh demo bows as far as like, if, if guys have never shot before and, and they don't know what to order, man, we'll, we'll send you a bow, you know, we'll get some information from you and I'm like, okay, I think this bow might fit you and we're going to, you know, we can send it to you, let you shoot it and see how it feels, you know, wow. and, and make those adjustments. Uh, and, but those bows are also available f- for sale. So say, you know, a guy wants to order one, but, you know, nobody wants to wait seven, eight months. I mm-hmm. get it. Uh, we might just have one already done uh, that, you know, you're more than fit. welcome to purchase. Well, that's so awesome. that, that's worth the phone call to see if you've got one that's already made that would mm-hmm. fit their, their draw length and draw weight and all that. And that is an awesome thing. I didn't know you guys did that. So you will actually take a, a finished demo bow, ship it to somebody so they can try it out, Absolutely. And then they're going to ship it back to you. Mm-hmm. That's that's a really cool thing that you guys offer. I did not know that you offered that. So, um, well, any any last things that, that you would like to say about Black Widow bows? I, and I mean, no, I think we've we've wrapped it up pretty good. I had had a blast and and really really glad to be on here with you guys. Yeah, we definitely appreciate 
having having you on and you being here. We've got Meant to Be's first podcast guest. We hope to have many more, but you were the perfect one to start with. So we're very thankful that you were here. If you guys would go on social, find Black Widow Bows on Instagram, on Facebook. Um, go check out their web, website, blackwidowbows.com. We're going to post some links as we get closer to having this episode launch. We'll even um, have some video. And hopefully, Miles will share some of this too so you guys yeah. can find uh, more information about them. We'll probably even post uh, some links to some of the broadheads and, and products that he's talked about. So if you guys want to order those, you can. But as far as Meant to Be Outdoors, we appreciate you guys listening. We hope that you would find us on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. Leave us a review. And of course, we'd love for you to be a patron um, of this podcast. We love your support. So if you want to find us on Patreon and become a member, we'd greatly appreciate that too. But between now and our next episode on Monday, please find some time to get outdoors. Thank you for listening to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast, hosted by Brian Hoffmeyer and Ben Brandell. Please help us by subscribing. Also, follow along on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook.